Reporting on the games you love by people who love to game. The MMO Reporter Network. Greetings, friends, and welcome to Episode 5 of the Game Diplomat Podcast, a bite-sized show about great games you might have missed. I'm your host, Josh Augustine, and today I want to tell you how I captured mummies, recruited a ship's crew, and sailed a boat straight into the sulfury maw of hell. It all happened in You Must Build a Boat, where, frankly, you don't have to do anything. Don't let those big, bold letters tell you what to do. They're not your mom. They're not even your boss. They don't know you. But if you want to build a boat... This is a great match-three-style puzzle game that adds combat and higher-level strategy to that adrenaline rush you get from matching all the gems together as quickly as possible. It was created by Luca Redwood under his 88 Games label and self-published. It was released on PC and mobile in June of 2015. So let's talk about how it works. Your character automatically runs through a 2D side-scrolling dungeon, encountering enemies, hurdles, and treasures along the way that he has to get through to continue moving forward. And the screen's kind of moving constantly like those old Mario levels where if you don't move fast enough, you eventually fall off and the the level ends. So you play match three games, you know, like Bejeweled, where you have a grid of different types of blocks and you move them around uh, trying to get similar blocks together because when you get like three in a row, they break and then more gems fall in and you score points. But here, and you must build a boat, instead of just getting points, matching different types of blocks actually makes your character take specific actions, like slash forward with their sword, cast a spell, open a lock on a treasure chest, or charge up a defensive shield, things like that. So the faster you can find combinations and chain together combos in the puzzle game that you're playing, the bigger and more powerful your character is that's running through the dungeon ahead of you. And other than that, you aren't really making choices for the character. You aren't choosing like, hmm, I want to go left, or hmm, I want to be mean to this you know, bartender who's saying things to me. It's not an RPG in that way. It's an RPG in the sense that you're building up stats and combos and attacks and making your character more powerful over time. So eventually, you'll need to use a lot of long-term strategy to make efficient use of all the puzzle pieces at your disposal in those boards. Like, you'll need to be really smart about when you use the attack and when you save the attack for later because a boss might be coming up. But at first, you can basically just play it like any Puzzle 3 game, right? Just with a little extra movie of your dude running around killing things above the board. It's just a nice little fun bonus. Uh, But everything you do in these dungeons earns you currency or items or that sort of things or completes quests, which all feeds back into your namesake boat, right? Because the goal is to build a boat for some reason. I don't know why, but you must do it. (laughs) This is your persistent base that offers a plethora of RPG-style upgrades. This is where the RPG side of it comes in, like making your attack do more damage, unlocking new info about how to counter specific enemies. Like after you, when you're running through dungeons, you can learn information about the enemies you face be like oh imps are resistant to physical damage but really vulnerable to fire which wouldn't make sense because i think imps hang out in fire all the time but hey i'm not here to judge them plus i just totally made that up so it's not accurate at all (laughs) um but anyways upgrading your boat kind of gives you new tricks to to manipulate the game board and play more powerfully and that sort of stuff and take on the bigger challenges And as you complete quests, clear dungeon, your boats get bigger, and you travel to new areas, right? To spread the good news of boat supremacy. Everyone must know how good your boat is, and that they too must build boats. So that's it, right? That's why you must build a boat. But let's talk about seven reasons why you might want to actually build a boat. Enough to play this game right now.
Reason number one, it's endless. There's no end to each dungeon you play, which is kind of the definition of endless. So maybe that was a little redundant. And then saying it's redundant is kind of redundant. Oh no, I broke the podcast. So you just play as far as you can in each level and you get points for however far you go. And it says you win at the end of every dungeon, right? <laughs> uh, but sometimes you know deep down in your heart that you did not win. You lost within 10 seconds. And that's something you're just going to have to live with. But you appreciate that the devs tried to be nice about it. Doesn't remove the shame, but it helps, right? It says you win in big green letters. You go, yeah, maybe I did win. Maybe I can trick myself and believe that failing to even get one single patch on this stupid board was somehow a win. <laughs> uh, but... The longer you play inside of a dungeon, you beat levels and move to the next one. And so the dude at top, if he's running through the temple, for example, you're running through the temple, da-da-da, he's running. And then you get a nice little 15-second breather where it says, boom, 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 next level reached. And your dude runs across the board unhindered, right? You can keep matching if you want to, but sometimes you want to save those for when it comes up. Because when the threats come up, then you, can, then you can use your attacks or use the keys that you have. Uh, but sometimes you can just set it up so you're like, okay, now everything is set up so I can instantly make a great combo at the start of next time. Or just take a 15-second break while you sit there and just whew, relax and recover from the adrenaline rush that was the previous level. Or, my favorite, you can use a power-up. It's a little tomato because uh, tomatoes make you run fast. Fun fact. That makes your dude, he just starts sprinting so that he gets to the front of the screen again. So if you were really hanging on by a thread at the end of the level, boom, when you get through, you can recover, who set up mentally and in game get ready for the next level but each time you reach a new level inside a dungeon you get a random perk added on which is perk is maybe the wrong word because it's not always a good thing right it can make monsters harder it can make there be more chess or make chess be harder uh, or anything like that so it'll kind of modify the enemies that you run into and then you just have to keep going reason number two you get to choose your challenge which is one of my favorite things in games um the way you beat each level is just completing the quest that you choose to accept when you go into the dungeon, right? Because if the dungeon lasts forever, how do you win? And so each time you go into a dungeon, um, they're given to you in a linear order, and, but you can choose to take on one or three at a time. So for example, you have to, some of the chests would be like, or some of the quests would be open three chests, find the idol, which is hidden in a box somewhere in the dungeon, or defeat an enemy with a fireball, as the, was one I did recently. And so you can choose like, ooh, do I want to take one of those or three of those? Because each time you take one, it adds specific keywords and increases the danger level in general of the dungeon, which is, I think it boosts the enemy's stats, essentially. So like harder chests, powerful monsters, magical dungeons, which means spells do more. Um, some are good, some are bad, just like the perks. Uh, but also each quest you add on also boosts the rewards right so like ooh, if you can take on all three quests and do them at once you get big rewards but if you get stuck you just do take one at a time and just beat it and keep moving so it kind of lets you choose the difficulty level you want for each run which is really fun and some quests were so hard i had trouble just beating that one so it's really helpful because normally i'd max out the spells however many or the quests however many give me i just take but it's nice when I got stuck to just be like, okay, let's back up. Let's just do this one and try really hard just to beat it. Because sometimes it's like uh, match 20 of this specific tile. And so you don't even care if you win the dungeon because you're not even trying to. All you're trying to do is match the sword tiles. Uh, and so it's just a really fun kind of uh, new objectives to give you in each time. 
And when you get really, really stuck, you can even buy a potion at the tavern. And yes, there's a sweet tavern on your boat. Would you build a boat without a tavern? I don't think so. This is kind of an RPG. Remember, every RPG needs a tavern. So the potion is Potion of Sacrifice, which doesn't sound good, but it makes the next dungeon you run a lot easier. But, of course, there's always a but with the Potion of Sacrifice. It prevents you from earning gold in that dungeon. So it lets you keep progressing when you get, st when you get stuck. It's a really smart, cool mechanic. Um, you get that a little later in the game because you don't have a tavern on your boat right away. Uh, come on, not every boat comes with a tavern. It's not a stock feature, if you know what I'm saying. Reason number three. Progression adds value to every match played, even if you lose. So even on those matches where I lost in... Well, maybe not 10 seconds, but at least a minute, right? Um, I'm still earning something. There are two different currencies they use to upgrade your ship over time, and you get it by matching their tiles in the game. And it took me forever to figure out what they were. The icons in the game are not, not great, if I got to say. But one is like an arm flexing, like a bicep with a bulging muscle. And then the other one, I think, is a brain. And so it's like strength and mind power or something. I don't really get what's going on. But... It's really fun because that's the currency used to upgrade and get more powerful over time. So when you're in a specific match, you're constantly having to balance. Like, do I waste my time matching those that aren't helping me beat the dungeon but are going to help me long term? Or do I just try and get the sword attack lined up so I can kill that goblin who's currently munching on my face? And of course, it's usually good to get them off the board just to bring in new tiles when you're stuck. Because the more you get those tiles off the board, the more swords will show up, the more spells that will show up. But it really adds value to those throwaway moves, usually. Because in match three games, when you get stuck, you're just like, Ugh, okay, I need blue gems, but let me just do these stupid matches to hopefully get more blue gems coming down, right? This adds more value to those throwaway moves, because when you do those moves, you're actually earning something. Um, but it also means that when you get stuck, you can just grind on the levels to get tons of meta currency if you want to upgrade your ship or abilities more. Which kind of to our last point is a nice, soft, difficulty handicap that you can use. You get more progressively powerful every time you play whether you win or not so you're never stuck on a single quest for too long reason number four different levels are fun so there are 10 different levels which are basically themes and visual styles that define what enemies you run to what the level looked like etc and so it's where you, basically your boat is sailing to different locations and you make 10 stops and each level has a bunch of quests that you have to complete at that location until you can move on to the next one so, like, the very first one you start is, is the pyramid. And it's like Egypt, right? There's pharaohs, there's mummies, there's snakes, and there's camels, which are really the hardest. But I found out later, when I talked to the guy on my boat that tells you about all the monsters, that they're actually white dragons? They definitely look like weird camels. Uh, but apparently, they're white dragons, and maybe Egyptians liked white dragons? I don't quite know what's going on. Um, but then you can go to places as dark as hell as i mentioned at the intro there's like imps and demons and there's robots with sword arms or something it's kind of confusing theology if you think about it mu too much so just go with it you know <laughs> robots with sword arms in hell why not reason number five getting chain combos feels so much better when it causes explosions right so if you've played a match three game like bejeweled you know how fun it is when you're one move you know like a boom, 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 three things, but then more drop down, and then those combo, and then when more come to fill, those combo, those combo, those combo. It's super fun, right? It's like, whoa, watch it go. Like you, you lit a firework, and you're watching it just go off for a few seconds. Um, but it's even more fun in this game because it's not just seeing points fly. Here you're seeing your dude swing a sword or shoot a fireball or see a giant white dragon camel explode into puff. 
you know, uh, it's it's just more fun. It feels like your actions matter a bit more because it's not just points and trying to hit certain scores that's a number on the side. You're actually seeing action happen every time you do it. Uh, it's, it feels really rewarding. Reason number six, there's real strategy here. Uh, so match three games are overdone. We all know it. Sure, we've all played Bejeweled, whatever. Uh, but this is the first one that actually made me care in years. Right? Quests are just the perfect thing that needed to kind of shake up the genre, at least for me. Because when I went into other match three games before this one, I go in with the exact same goal, right? Like, how can I make efficient combos? There are gems on the board. I must match them. That's really the only goal. Um, so not only having to deal with, like, okay, there's an enemy in front of me, I need to attack it, or there's a chest in front of me, I need to unlock it, or there's a box that needs a very specific combination of abilities to open it. How do I do that? Or you find out later in that dude on the boat that tells you about monsters, like certain things are vulnerable to certain attacks and resistant to certain attacks. So you have to be really smart about which one you're using. But even more than that, the quests just provide new challenge, right? So it gives you a different frame set. When you go in, it's not just about how can I get so many points. It's how can I achieve this specific goal of how can I break their blanks in there as well that don't do anything when you match them. And sometimes you get a quest, break 500 blanks. That's pr that number's probably way too high. I can't remember what the quest was. Break 100 blanks. And so suddenly you're like trying to figure out like, how can I survive with the bare minimum points essentially? Because you're not getting points for this, but I need to break all these blank boxes over and over and over again. And how can I use the spells that normally help me avoid the blank boxes to get more blank boxes? So the quests just really provide interesting new challenges every time you play. It's almost like changing the rules a little bit every time you go in, which is fun. Oh, and that, that reminds me, actually. I was told by that dude on my boat that some of the monsters really like gold. Quote. Right? Because normally it's like vulnerable to fire. Resistant to physical. It just said this guy really likes gold. This monster. I have no idea what that means. Can I, can I bribe him somehow? So if you play the game, if you figure that out, please let me know. Because it's been driving me crazy. I must know what that means. Because I would think everybody really likes gold. Especially if you're monsters in a dungeon. That's kind of why you're there. So, I just gotta know. So, if you figure that out, let me know. Reason number seven, it's approachable. I know a lot of people who don't consider themselves gamers, but absolutely love Bejeweled or Disney's Zoom Zooms. Uh, the cool, it's a match three game on the phone that's really popular right now. My wife loves it. She plays it every single night. And I think that You Must Build a Boat is the perfect gateway game for people curious about games, but who have only dabbled in match three so far, right? It takes the familiar gameplay that after a while they get kind of tired of. Uh, Candy Crush, you know, everyone gets burned out after a while, but it adds on a deeper layer that makes it more compelling and kind of makes it fresh again and shows them that adding complexity isn't always a bad thing or doesn't always make the game too hard or too confusing. Uh, and maybe it'll kind of help take them to the next step of trying other games. And even if they don't try another game after it, hopefully they at least enjoy this one. So if it sounds fun, you can buy You Must Build Boat for $5 on Steam or $3 on mobile app stores. Great deal. Links to all of that's on GameDiplomat.com, along with everything we talked about here and a video of me playing the game so you can check it out before you buy. Or even better than buying it, you can win it for free right now! Luca, the developer, sent us three keys to give away on the show, which is really nice. And you can win one by answering this trivia question. How many levels does a fully upgraded boat have on it, including the very top deck? Good question.
And if you're going to be building your own boat, you should know how many levels you're going to put into it. So email or tweet your guesses to me. Uh, links on GameDiplomat.com for that. And the correct answer to last week's trivia question about the gods in the Banner Saga universe was Heimdall, the god of vengeance. He does not exist. Surprisingly, though, Dunder, the god of beards, does exist in the game lore, and it's awesome. So congratulations to Chesky and Dylan for getting it right, and to Scott for being the only other person to send in a guess. <laughs> we had five keys to give away, but only three people sent in guesses, so they all got keys. So I have two more codes. If you want one, say that you want it when you send in your guess for this, uh, for this current episode, and I'll give away those keys too. Uh, I'll just give it to the first two people that say they want it. But at this rate, you could probably email two months from now and you'll still get it. <laughs> um, so each of them won a copy of the Banner Saga Deluxe on Steam, which includes uh, the first game and the incredible soundtrack. And the Banner Saga, of course, is a wonderful story-driven strategy game that you can learn more about on episode four. And if you enjoyed this episode, you can leave a review on iTunes, join our Slack channel, which I highly recommend, and our Steam group. You can support us with cold, hard cash or just tell your friends about the show. But no matter what... Thanks for spending your time with us. I hope you found a fun new game to play. In the next episode of Game Diplomat, we'll talk about Forced Showdown, a solo arena brawler with card game mechanics. We'll see you then. Bye.